0: So I've seen a few parishioners since I've been back, came back to the church on Thursday, and everybody's asking, how did it go? And I just say, good. I can't give the whole story to everybody. But two parishioners followed that question up with, did everything go according to plan? And I laughed at them. And I said, no, but that's the point. Didn't feel like the point at the time, but case in point, Thursday, when we were in Lisbon, So we had already encountered a couple of frustrations in the couple of days before that. But on Thursday in Lisbon, our goal was go to a catechesis session in the morning, go see St. Jerome's Monastery in the afternoon, and follow that up with going to visit the relics of Blessed Pier Giorgio Frassati and St. John Paul II. That was our to-do list for the day. So we got up nice and early so that we could beat the rush and followed on our... World Youth Day app, where it's said to go for this catechesis session for the English-speaking pilgrims, and we made our way there, and we showed up to the location, and we're looking around and we see a bunch of Panama flags, and quickly realize nobody's going to be speaking English here at all. And so we look at the app again, and what the app did was, what we looked at was in fact an English-speaking catechesis session, but when you clicked on how to get there, it sent you to the opposite end of town of where you were supposed to go. So we weren't going to make it on time to go there, so now we had to change our plans. So we kind of made do and went to this other little short talk and had lunch and then lined up to get into the monastery. And after about half an hour, we had moved about 20 feet closer to the entrance and decided that we didn't want to spend all afternoon just see the inside of a monastery. So we abandoned ship and started making our way off to the church that had the relics of blessed Pierre Giorgio Fassati and John Paul II. So first we get on the train station so that we can use that to get our first leg of the way. The train comes by and the platform is shoulder-to-shoulder people. And about 12 people fit on the train because it was already full. So we're like, well, we're going to wait five trains before we actually get on here. So let's just try and use the bus and we'll go and use the bus. So we went a couple blocks, found where we could catch the bus. Our bus was 20 minutes late we snuck in on the bus all 12 of us it drove us 10 minutes down the road we got off to get the next connecting bus we sat there for about 10 minutes and then i was like i wonder when this next bus is coming so i went into the bus and it says oh the bus you want doesn't run during the month of august (laughs) perfect okay so now which bus are we taking so now we've got a 20 minute walk to go to where we need to go to get a next bus And as we're walking there, the bus that doesn't run in August goes right by us. (laughs) So we get to the location where we can pick this other bus that will get us to the church that we need to go to, and so we're standing there waiting patiently, and there was actually two options that we could take, and the bus shows up, and we're like, oh, giddy, yes, we get to go, and the bus driver's going like this to us, and then just drives away. Okay, well, he was pretty full. Maybe he didn't want to take any other passengers. So the second option comes about five minutes later. And we're ready to get on. The bus driver goes like this. And I'm trying to talk to him. And why can't we come on this bus? Google tells me I can get on this bus. And we finally were just so fed up. We just called an Uber. And the Uber took us to the church. And we get to the church at 10 after 4. And the volunteer at the door says, we're closed. (laughs) And then one of the volunteers that was looking after the relics, snuck up behind him and said, Sir, I'll take them in as the last group. And snuck us in after closing. We were able to go in. Three of the pilgrims knelt down and prayed a decade of the rosary with Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frasati's rosary. And we had 10 minutes there in prayer with the relics and we were infinitely grateful. Now that felt like the moment of grace at the time finally something went well, and it was a graced moment of prayer for every one of us that was there. But later in the day, when we were sitting around talking, realized that the dynamic of the group had changed for the better. And the realization was that this day was very important for how our group came together. And if we hadn't gone through what we went through, we never would have found that cohesion that we found in that moment. That it was partly blessed by actually getting into the church with the relics, but the real grace that God wanted to offer us was through that persistent frustration all the way through. And this is true in the Christian life time and time again. As Christians, we're not just kind of trying to hold off in this life until we can finally get to heaven. The Israelites didn't spend 40 years in the desert, just kind of holding on, making sure nothing really bad happened until they could finally get to the Promised Land. Today, Elijah wouldn't have heard the still small voice if he didn't undergo the earthquake and the storm and the fire. And today, when St. Peter gets out and walks on water with Jesus, Jesus doesn't calm the storm first, he lets the storm rage. And if you listen to the timeline, when evening came, the boat was being battered by the waves. When morning came, Jesus walked out on the water. The difficulties and the frustrations and the sufferings in this life are intended to be as much an experience of God as the blessed, grace-filled ones as we would describe them. And all we have to do is remind ourselves of what we look at every Sunday when we come here for Mass is the center of our faith. Could Jesus not have risen from the dead without suffering the cross? Could Jesus not have jumped off the cross earlier and not suffered the crucifixion all the way to the point of death and still shown that he was the son of God and saved us from sin and death? Why did he bear the suffering? the scourging, the carrying of the cross, the crucifixion, and then the resurrection? Why did he remind the apostles time and time again before that day, this has to happen. I will not be who you think I am until I have borne my cross, until I have suffered. And yet we're all tempted to just seek from God comfort and grace and blessing. And we can sometimes forget in our difficult times in our life that God is as present to us there. And he's offering as important of graces, if not more important graces, in what feels like this interminable struggle. This is what Peter reminds us of. Because when he does walk out on the water, he's going to Christ. Until what? Until he notices the waves. Till he notices the storm around him and then he begins to sink. Because now he's overwhelmed by his anxiety at what's going on. But he was already walking through it. He was already walking through the storm around him. But when he noticed the storm and forgot that Jesus was the one that was allowing him to walk on the water, he began to sink. When we go through our sufferings and we forget that God is with us even in suffering the storm overwhelms us and we feel like we're drowning. Because God doesn't always take away the storm. He didn't take away the storm until everything was said and done. It doesn't even say in this account of Jesus at sea that he calmed the storm. It just says that it stopped after they got back in the boat. The other 11 apostles that were in the boat still thought it was a ghost. Peter at least recognized that it was Jesus and was willing to boastfully ask to step out on the water. I was watching an athletic event this past week. And one of the competitors, there's a series of events over the course of the weekend accumulating points to crown the fittest person. The third last event, the guy who was leading in the male category broke his foot. he still went on and competed in the last two events. The next event, he had to jump rope on one foot because he couldn't do it with the other foot. And he tried to persevere through, which I can't imagine what that would have been like walking on a broken foot, trying to do high athleticism. But everybody that was watching was weeping His other competitors, once they had finished the events, came back to cheer him on. And he persevered through. Because his suffering was doing something for everyone else around him. All he was trying to do was get through it. All he could do was endure the 15 minutes of that pain just to persevere. The gift of his suffering was for everybody else watching of what was possible. The gift at the end was that even though he could barely, that he finished last in the last two events, he still finished third because he walked through the suffering. So whatever suffering that you're carrying, sometimes God won't take it away, but sometimes God doesn't take it away because the grace that he wants for you is found in that suffering. Sometimes the grace that he wants to give through you is found through that suffering. Ask God, ask your friend, how is God bringing his grace to me through what sucks the most?